You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network, and you are tuned in to the television section of this brand new podcast. I'm very excited today to be able to bring you this episode because we're, we're kind of, I guess, got a lot of people drawn to us at the moment from an old show called Survivor Oz. If you haven't heard of it, you've been living under a rock or you just don't watch Survivor, clearly. But for those of you who have heard it and you are listening to this because you're thinking, hey, I remember that voice. He used to annoy the shit out of me when he talked about Survivor. I might listen to it again just because he's about to speak to somebody who's got a less annoying voice and actually knows what she's talking about. But we'll get to that in just a moment because... If you are listening to this, we are talking about the very first episode of Survivor Game Changers, the 34th season of Survivor. And in this, of course, the 500th episode. Can you believe it? It's an amazing achievement and it's very exciting to be here. But I will first of all start off by saying, if you're tuning in right now, you have no idea who I am. My name is Ben and I am here to decide what I want to do, either win a million dollars or marry the chickens. I'll work that out by the end of the episode. But it's it's not just me. I've got a person on the line with me to talk about this. No, it's not Colin. No, it's not Noah. No, it's not Nick. It's a person who played Survivor. She used to be a regular guest on Survivor Oz. And she's a lady who helped me in many ways, including letting me shoot my own gun for the very first time, or at least with the help with her husband, and also introduced me to a wide variety of Southern customs, which I'm sure we can mention throughout this. I do, of course, speak of Teresa T-Bird Cooper from the third season of Survivor Africa. T-Bird, welcome to the Oz Network. Hello, Ben. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. And, of course, you mentioned that um, this person's voice is going to be less annoying than yours, and I... (laughs) I don't know. Some people might differ with you on that, but that's another story for another day. Good. Thank you. How is it in Hobart, Australia? It's 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 fine. It's it's dandy. Uh, to to date this podcast, I guess I am sitting here at one twenty eight a.m. Uh, recording this with you. So uh, I can't see a window. I'm I'm in an enclosed space right now. So um, I can tell you that it's probably not raining it's meant to be summer uh how, how is it in jackson how how's the farm how's it's actually how's it all going it is absolutely beautiful it's uh, of course it's supposed to get into the 70s today which is a little unusual for the, you know early march so it's supposed to be beautiful today so it's nice but let's get down to the nitty-gritty here the nitty-gritty i yes. am honored to be talking to somebody yeah the first thing i want to say is i'm so excited to be talking to you you have interviewed what, over almost close to 300 players, close to 300 players, you've met over or close to 30 in person. That is amazing. But to have hosted, to have, to have hosted the second most popular Survivor podcast in the world is quite, quite an accomplishment. Well, I appreciate so again, that. I and I mean, so you know, that was a long to, time to ago. We're here you. now on a, on a startup show again. So we're working our way from the bottom. We're not just competing against those Survivor podcasts now, T-Bird. We're up against, you know, the TV ones, the, the movie ones, the ones talking about the real things out there that people, you know, like Game of Thrones and, and the Marvel movies and stuff like that. So, you know, we can, we can say that winter is coming and we can talk about yeah. Spider-Man at some point as well, I guess, but we can really just talk about Survivor. I don't know if you know much about, you know, Game of Thrones or, or Spider-Man, T-Bird. Well, I don't know a whole lot, but um, look at the variety you've got now. Just a lot, a lot of variety. So you can go in so many directions with it, so it's wonderful. And then it's, you know, we have a lot in common other than Survivor. I think you are 13 uh, when Survivor aired, and I wasn't too far from that. Yeah, well... 
Were, were you really? <laughs> you being honest there, T-Bird? Uh, <laughs> you did play a couple of years later. Uh, sure. 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 <laughs> I'm just okay. getting her back. Right. I'm just getting her back because, you know, we spent a good portion of the pre-interview here, uh, you know, mentioning that I certain turn a certain age soon and... Uh, <laughs> We won't yes. go into that. We won't go into that. This is a lady. Can I just point out, people who are listening to this, who maybe are listening to this not from Survivor and have no idea about anything else, how, how long was it ago now? Like four or five months ago that I was I was with you. We were... I, I mean, you basically bought an entire grocery store worth of food to feed me and said, like, here you go, cook yourself stuff every day. Oh, and, and then... <laughs> Fried chicken, you know, you had the Southern Comforts yes. of home. You had fried chicken. You had more Coca-Cola than anybody I've ever seen at World of Coke. I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed recovering. I'm had, still recovering. Yes. You know, Krispy Kreme donuts. And I think the highlight, I have to say, Ben, was for you to go trick-or-treating on Halloween here in the States. Yes. I think that's something that... I know I'll always remember doing with you. So that was so much fun. And I just want to point out this really quick story because, I mean, this is completely like Survivor Oz. We're off topic already and we haven't even started. But uh, <laughs> I've landed in Atlanta on October 31st. It's Halloween. I've come from Mexico and, you know, I'm, I'm outside the airport. We're texting like, yeah, we're just on the way. We're nearly there. We'll be outside this terminal, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm standing there and I see this woman get out of a car in an angel costume. And I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. It's Halloween. You know, people are around just dressed. She's staring at me and she's coming towards me. And I'm going, what is, what's going on? Have I died? Have I seen the light? What's happening? And it's T-Bird in full angel costume. Did not recognize it. She's got bright blonde hair. And um, that will always be my first impression of you. That, um, you know, that in person, T-Bird. It's a good job. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Well, Ben, you know, you said you had never experienced Halloween, so I wanted to do the whole thing. I didn't want you to be left out at all. No. Start the well, that's, that's <laughs> You certainly made it work, so... Um... Yes. Anyway, Survivor, um, it's a TV show, uh, 500th episode. Uh, this, I mean, we're going to kind of spread this out a little bit, obviously, because it's, uh, we're, we're talking about two episodes here, essentially. Uh, so, well, I mean, we'll obviously start with the first episode being, uh, that it was the 500th episode. Just, just quickly, though, throwing it out there, Survivor Game Changes, 34th season. It's another returning players season, all, all returning players. Just the concept in itself. Are you a fan? Were you looking like in the lead up to this? Were you thinking, yes, this is a great, a great fan, a great theme for this show. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. Well, I, I always love a returning uh, players theme because you know the characters before it starts, because usually it takes me about halfway through the season to start warming up to the characters and, you know, figuring it out. But when an all-returning season, you already know the personalities before the start, so that's really exciting. Now, I was just curious to think, you know, how is it going to be since we've got so many three-time players, fourth-time players, and just kind of right off the bat, the fourth-time players, um, Siri mm -hmm. and Ozzy. Yes. And I think the only – what's interesting – that I noticed between these two players last night playing four times, Ozzy seemed to play the way Ozzy played, kind of all out there, you know, take take Jungle Man, take you know, take charge of it. But Siri, I think I saw a whole different character with her, um, as far as being maybe not as confident starting out. 
which is a shame because, you know, her character, seeing that little cocky, colorful side of her is really neat. And it's like through the whole two episodes last night, she had a lot, a lot of paranoia. I mean, just or what they showed us, her talking to the other tribe members, you know, she, she seems like she needed to be, you know, re lifted up each time. Are we okay? Is everything all right? So that, I, you know, you don't know how it's going to be when you see these players play like that. But that was just one thing I just really, really noticed as far as the fourth-time players out there. It's, it's an interesting concept. And I mean, we're going to talk about, of course, varying opinions on certain players. And, you know, this is, I guess, unique in the style that we're doing the show because previously on Survivor Oz we would have done a – a preview episode, so we would have gone through each of these people. We would have said, oh, are they deserving? Why are, we, why are they back? And talked about this. So we can talk about that throughout the episode. But it, it's, it's fascinating, as you said there, kind of combine these, you know, two-time, three-time, four-time players. I mean, you've got to go all the way back to Heroes vs. Villains when we had a, a, a returning player season where we had you know, not just two-time players, but three-time players, you know, obviously for second chances a couple of seasons ago, which, again, you were robbed, should have been on it. Let's just get that out of, over and done with here, T-Bird. <laughs> you should have been on that season. Um, they were obviously only two-time players. And four-time players, we had only ever seen Rob, obviously, on Redemption Island, and then Rupert on uh, Blood vs. Water. One was a first boot, uh, first boot the other was a winner. So um, clearly that trend hasn't continued this time. But it's, it's, it's such, it's, this is the first time we've ever had four-time players playing with three-time players, playing with two-time players on an all-returning player season. And, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting the pre-game perceptions that we had of these people. But then, as you said, with people like a Sari and an Aussie and, you know, we're going to talk about Sandra, we're going to talk about Tony, we're going to talk about all these people, what we're actually seeing. Because it kind of seemed like people straight away were almost scared to really do things, except for Tony, but we'll get to him. But it's, it's kind of interesting how people started off this game. Yeah, but, you know, it's funny. We saw the first two boots last night were pretty much, in my opinion, very much true to their characters from the start. You know, Sierra, who was playing game changer mode, you know, trying to vote out some, you know, power, power players early on, which obviously cost her. And then Tony, the same way. So, you know, they weren't laying low. They were, you know, they jumped out there. And, and I think with any, any season, whether it's new, re, new players or returnees, you can't do that. You've got to kind of sit back and let the game play around you instead of taking charge this early on. So I think obviously that cost them. Um, you know, it's funny because Probst asked um, Sandra at one of the tribal councils last night since they since she was a member. So she got to go to both tribal councils. What what she would name the uh, what she would name the uh, episode, and I think she said the unknown. Uh, but I thought it was funny because I think Tony opened up with saying, uh, you know, same circus, different clowns. <laughs> so I thought that to me is a perfect title for this very first episode. Same circus, different clowns. Especially the way Tony, again, the way he started out immediately wanting to get a spy shack built and wanted to kind of stay with what he was doing the first time around, which it worked for him. He won. But this time, I think he, he needed to probably play a little bit more laid back, but Tony was, to me, was it, he deserved to be in the cast. 
He, he's entertaining. He's daring. He, you know, from the beginning, his personality was right there in your face. He was taunting people, you know, acting like he was shy out of a cannon, you know, pacing. And just so I don't think it would have been the same without without him out there. He needed to be out there. So I, I, I agree. I definitely agree. I, I, I think I think the problem like going into this, it's it's. You, you kind of analyze the people that are on there. You look at the, the, the players, you look at the winners, you look at all that. You've got two huge personalities of Tony and Sandra. You put them both on the same tribe. And I mean, my perception of this was that both of them, no matter how cocky they can say that they're going out there to win, you know, Sandra, I'm going for the third time, Tony, oh, I'm going to be the second time. I think deep down, they know that they cannot win. They couldn't win. That there was no way that they could win. So I, I, I honestly feel that Tony went out there deliberately this way because he was just going to have fun. I mean, it, it worked for him the first time around because Tony, Tony's Tony. And, you know, on our on Survivor Oz, you know, we did lots of episodes and we did a big rankings one with all the different cast members. And, you know, he was right up there in the top five. And I would argue he's one of the greatest players of all time just with how he played that first time around. People like Tony shouldn't win Survivor, and he did. And he's gone out this time around and thought, well, it's worth the first time. I'm going to go out there, going to have fun. I mean, the guy, as soon as they've landed on the beach, he's like, I'm going to go look for an idol. Like, I mean, like he's just going out there and being silly and stupid because, again, it worked for him. And same with Sandra. Sandra's mantra, as long as it's not me, I'm the queen, I'm the best. Like, she's living up, they're living up to their characters and to me, it's more of a case of they know they can't win, so let's go out and have fun with it and go all guns blazing. And, I mean, that's just how I think that worked out. And to, to me, the, the surprising fact is that neither Tony or Sandra were the first boot. Tony was the second boot. I think that's probably the most surprising thing out of all of it, that somehow he wasn't the first boot. Well, it it's together to protect each other, but Tony got a little paranoid, mm-hmm. and then and there it went. Because... You know, but, but that's right. So you're exactly right what you're saying about Tony and uh, Sandra. And it brings me back to uh, Siri again because I think Siri wants to be there and she's not one before and she's gotten so close and I think she wants it so badly. But she's in a position where, you know, we're not seeing her personality like we've seen her in the past. And that's unfortunate, you know, so that's exactly what I what I had mentioned earlier. Mm. And I agree with that completely because because Sari and, and Ozzy too, I mean, they're both four-time players, as you mentioned. Sari is often regarded as, you know, the greatest player never to have won the game. You know, she's up there with probably, you know, Rob Sestanino, uh, Russell Hance, a few others. But she probably takes that crown, you know, hands down. And she's she's got that pressure on her shoulders because, you know, she's to be regarded as somebody who's the greatest never to have won, as you said, you want to win. So you can, because that's the title you don't really want to have. Right. Well, it, it just watching her last night, the way they've shown her, and I can't see her staying in the game too much longer, even though next week I see they're already dropping buffs. Um, but they showed us last night, they showed Sarah talking to Sarah, and I think Sarah's really, really a savvy, savvy player. And even Sarah pointed out that this time she was going to be, you know, she's a police officer, cop, that so she was going to be playing like a criminal, which I thought, okay, this is a great line, playing like a criminal. And she said, my word is not my bond. But they opened up with her, Siri talking to Sarah, 
And then Sarah, after that conversation with Siri, said that, that she's going to play like a criminal. Then they've got Siri approaching Zeke. And then and even Zeke, who, again, Sarah, Zeke, and then I'm going to mention Debbie, and all the people that Siri talks to, I think have a great read on people. Even Zeke said that, that Siri's got such a mystical quality about her. And uh, he said, my, it's, my gut says it's way too early to allow somebody as dangerous that people are probably going to be going after. And then Debbie, who I absolutely love, love her. You know, it seems like Siri was trying to make Debbie a little bit paranoid. And maybe it was true what she was saying about Debbie, you know, talking to people, but Debbie is a talker. And I know that even Debbie was saying that her internal radar, her BS detector, it Everyone was saying, you know, Siri, she can't see herself alive in the cereal with Siri. And, you know, Debbie is a captain of the Civil Air Patrol. <laughs> among many other things, T-Bird, among many other jobs she's had in her Absolutely. life. Absolutely. <laughs> but she's sharp. But she's sharp. So so there are three players that I think are really, you know, savvy players, can got a good read on people, Sarah, Zeke, and Debbie, saying, uh, yeah, about Siri, we we probably need to get her own out of here. So I can't see Siri staying in too long. But I hope I hope we'll see after the now that we're down, you know, we'll be starting day seven. I hope we'll see Siri kind of falling back into her personality, you know, falling back into, you know, her her charming her her very charming self. So mm, completely, completely agree. And this is I mean, Siri again is another one of these people who, you know, pregame are just as much as I love her, and I mean, this is this is can I just point out? I I really did not like Sari the first time I saw her in Panama. I was like, oh, she annoys me. And then I remember Micronesia. I'm like, oh, she annoys me. And it kind of took rewatches for me to finally like her and appreciate her as a player. And she just, yeah, I mean, there were just moments in this episode where I completely agree with everything you're saying. But there was the moment she had with Ty when she completely called Ty out for basically just pausing too long and just, she's such a good read. She's so savvy on how she reads the game and, and like, it's almost like you don't know she's doing it, but she's doing it. And, I mean, this arcs back to Heroes Villains where she was the fourth boot because, you know, ultimately, as you were saying, she's too dangerous. You can't keep someone like Sari in the game. I mean, if I if, if Sari, Tony and Sandra are on a tribe together... I would be going after Sari over Tony and Sandra, even though they've won. Because, right. you know, Tony and Sandra are almost, you know, one-dimensional characters that you can read what they're doing. Whereas Sari is so many layers about her. You just can't control someone like Sari because she is dangerous. You know, she's like a Lex. I guess you, you obviously play with Lex. You know, if you, you Lex and a Big Tom, I mean, you know, if you're comparing them, who's the who's the one with multi-layers, who's the one who's almost a character? You know, obviously it's a bit more, you know, complex with Big Tom and, and Lex. But, I mean, you're going to be more scared of someone like Lex, aren't you, than Big Tom on the grand scheme of things. Right, well, because Lex is so good in physical challenges also. So he's a good read on people. He's a great leader. He can, you know, I think... He can take you in all kinds of directions. Now, Sari, why she's really good is because, like she she says, she's gangster with a smile. You know, she's likable. She's so likable. And even though, I mean, she's an ex-couch potato, self-proclaimed ex-couch potato, she's still, as far as the physical threat, she's not a physical threat, where Lex was always a physical threat. So that makes Sari, to me, a, 
have a stronger game, except when you played four times. Mm. So, and, that, and that's and that's definitely something that. I mean, it hasn't come up yet. I mean, I'm sure it came up on the beach, but it just hasn't been mentioned because, again, it, it might be a point where that's not really a big deal anymore. Like, I mean, it was a big deal when Rob was there for his fourth time. I don't even really think it was mentioned much with Rupert, but it's kind of, you hark all the way back to All-Stars. You think back to the very first All-Returning Player season. What was the main thing that people were targeting? Winners. That was the big thing. We've got to get rid of winners. Heroes vs. Villains comes around. It really was kind of forgotten. I mean, Sari went over Tom, and Tom and JT had won the game, yet Sari hadn't, but they took Sari out before big uh, before Tom sorry, and and JT. Well, right, but I tell you, starting out the way um, Sari started out this game, again, the paranoia that I don't think we've seen before. I think before she seems like she's been laid back and let the game play around her. It looks like she's approaching people because she is paranoid, which is going to, like I said, Sarah, Zeke, Debbie, Ty, it's going to make them already aware that uh, we might need to go ahead and move her on out of here. So I don't know, though. We'll see. I was just wondering if, you know, if Sandra, let's say mix them up next week, if that might help her to get away, you know, get over there with Sandra. And Sandra might gravitate. They might gravitate to one another. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But I'll tell you what, like you said, the winners definitely have targets on them. But Sandra made a beautiful point during Tribal Council. This is who you want to be. You know, you want to be sitting with me at the end. Absolutely. Because nobody's going to want to, nobody's going to let me win the, th- you know, three times. But this is this Especially- is this is where. Sorry to interrupt, but I just I've just got to point out this is where Tony was right. Um, you know, because that's exactly what Sandra has said both times she's won this game. She said the same thing in Heroes vs. Villains. That was a lot of the reason why Russell was going to the end with Poverty and Sandra. Hey, who's the only non-winner here? Me. You're going to vote for me. I mean, it's Russell. We know he's not going to get votes. But, like, uh, right. you know, this is, this is this is I guess, the beauty of Sandra is because, again, she's, she's completely one-dimensional in terms of her strategy as long as it's not me. That's what she does. It's worked for her twice. She's won twice. Not going to work for her a third time around, but I mean, it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing that she can do. That she can say to people, "Take me to the end." No one's going to give me the money, except the two times that people have in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you though about Sandra. Though the only thing about I, I love Sandra, she's saying just like Tony, true to their character, and I love that. Where today again, I love to see that. But did you see how she was taunting Tony? Mm-hmm. She was taunting him after he's even, you know, and now again, Tony went ahead and told everybody that, you know, sheep are being led to slaughter. And then right away, Sandra just starts out with, that's what you get for plotting against me. Take your <clears throat> home. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, here we go. Because you got to figure, unless Sandra makes the jury, which I'm going to be surprised if she does, because there's a lot of reasons to vote her out, which mainly she's won twice. That means she's going to be hanging out with Tony for the next four or five weeks. I don't know how that's going to go, but apparently she didn't think about that at the time. But what then what kind of concerned me is what's when she was, it was pretty cute, when she was yelling, by Tony, say hey to uh, Sierra for me. I'm thinking, that girl, she, she is, again, true to character. If, if she's thinking it, it's going to jump out of her mouth. But what a little bit concerns me is she keeps on, and I know she does it in confessionals, but I heard her do it last night in front of everybody. She keeps referring to herself as the queen, the queen, the queen. Now, guess what? 
all these players know she's the queen. She doesn't need to keep reminding them. So yeah, and this was, is this is. I, I mean, I love Sandra. I mean, everyone loves Sandra. Let's be honest here, T Bird. I don't think there's a person out there who doesn't love Sandra. She she's an amazing character person i interviewed her numerous times on survivor oz you know and what i always respected about her is during those interviews when it was brought up like you know surely you would never go and play against andrew you've won twice end on a perfect record she would always be like hell no if i got invited again i'd play in a heartbeat like you know she just always had that that man she just didn't care because she had won twice so why not i, I respected that about her but i mean i completely agree with you because i guess I mean, if this was a season with non... Like, if this was a mixture of returning and non-returning players, I don't know if she'd be doing this as much. But I think, I think again, going back to what I was saying about living up to that character, like, I mean, she... You go back to start of Heroes vs. Villains, she wasn't that... It was only really towards the end of Heroes vs. Villains with the whole Russell situation that she really started to amp it up. And the fan community for Sandra has just grown. And she knows it. She knows the online community and the, the fandom that comes with her because not only is it the fact that she's won twice, she's the queen, but it's also the fact that she just knocked down Russell and Russell is hated. So the fan hype for Sandra is huge and she's playing up to that, I feel. And that's not to take away from Sandra because, I mean, Sandra's great. But it's like, as you were saying, it's like... Do you need to turn around and be like, say hi to Sierra for me, like, get your ass out of here. Like, it's great for us, the viewers, to watch. It's it's brilliant TV. We love it because we love Sandra. But, like, if you really stick, if you realistically want to win this a third time, you know, and this is probably going to cut me a lot of hate messages, but she's kind of being Russell, is she not, by being too cocky and being too much. Like, she's kind of turning into the person who she hates. Yeah, but that, and again, that's why we love her, though. Mm. It is. It is why we love her. So then I was thinking, starting out, I thought to myself, now, I've always said, I would think to go out again. But, 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 then I started thinking, wait a minute. There's only Tony and JT that are out there with her that have won before. All right. Tony, I'm sure she probably figured was going to not make it to the end again because Tony... And then she has to worry about JT. And you figure, unless Tony or JT wins, she's still the only two-time winner. She still has her. She still has her crown. So the only way she could actually lose her crown, I mean, she's not going to have a hundred percent A plus scorecard, but she's still going to be the only two-time winner. So I don't know, and I'm not sure that anybody, unless they have all returnees. Winner season will ever take that title from her. So, so what does she have to lose? I mean, it's been a while since she's played. You know, she's colorful and she loves the game. She's a strategic player. So why not? And I thought to myself, now if I was out there playing, I'd have to get Sandra off. <laughs> I found myself rooting for her last night. I was pulling for her. So again, she ha- does have that that magic about her that. You grab her exactly. and you just like her. Exactly, and I completely agree. Like she's she's just one of those people that you know. It's it's the enigma of Sandra. I mean, I I remember going back to Heroes vs Villains when that cast was announced, and I mean, she was one of the the people on that cast. And people were like, 
why is Sandra back? Like, I know she won, but she wasn't that memorable as a winner. You know, there was so many people from Pearl Islands that people were like, well, you know, Rupert's more memorable and, you know, Johnny Fairplay's more memorable than Sandra and, and Sandra won. But, I mean, can we imagine a world without Sandra? You know, like, I mean, it's it's no. it's just, it's fascinating. No, she's, just, yeah, yeah, she's great. She's great. So, she's going to be, as long as she's in there, she's going to be extremely entertaining. Exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. And she'll, and you want you wanted not, to make the jury. You said about not making the jury, but you wanted to make the jury just so we can keep this going. No, I know I'm pulling for her. I'm actually pulling for her because I know wherever she goes there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of personality and energy and color and it's she, she's another one. So we deserve to be out there. Sandra still deserves to be out there absolutely. Well, we're going to no doubt talk a bit, you know, we've got all so many people to talk about. We've so much stuff to talk about in these two episodes. Um, just going through, I mean, we'll go through more of the cast that we, we don't talk about at some point because, I mean, you know, there were some people that we kind of are already forgetting are on this season, as often happens in most Survivor well, seasons. And, 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 and no, that's right, but good news, bad news, these are the ones that I think, you know, have a close, a, a bigger chance of winning so the ones that we probably won't mention much about are actually the ones I've got written down here to actually win. Completely agree. And, you know, I guess jumping to that, I've already said early on, I thought that a, a female would win. I actually narrowed it down to a, to a young, young female. Um, of course, that takes Sierra's out of, out of the loop there. But talking about um, Ailey, Sierra Dawn, Sarah, um, Andrea, to me, one of those, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's four of them there. If two of those are in the finals, and if I'm still sticking with one of these young females, take it. Yeah. Playing low key, likable, not a threat. Um, so that's that's where I'm going with that. It's 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 the amber factor, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely. it's it's harking all the way back to all stars. You know, it's it's that it's that one that. You you know is questioned why they're back, you know they're, they're just there. And I mean, I'm not taking away from Amber's win. Uh, I'm just it's. I mean, look, we had you, you look at all three returning player seasons, and you would argue the only one of those where a player that you would say is a strong character that would be a winner of Survivor One would be Jeremy. And that's again no disrespect to Sandra's second win, no disrespect to Amber. But for the most part, on an all-returning player seasons, you have the sort of the one that is not particularly meant to be there, so to speak. I mean, even on a Micronesia, Parvati was questioned why she was back a second time and she ultimately went on to, to win it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's seasons like that. But, yeah, it's and look, I, I completely agree with you. Those were the ones that you mentioned. I mean, look, I'm, I, I feel horrible for saying something like this, but, I mean, if you look at all these people... Haley, why the hell is she there? Uh, like, I mean, you can question that about a bunch of those people that you said there, but I'm sorry, and this is no disrespect to Haley. I've never met her. I've never spoken to her. But out of every single person on this cast, to be on a season called Game Changers, she's the one with the big, fat, huh? What did she do to change the game? But again, she'll probably go on to win it and then make us all, like, stupid. All right, well, I think Haley has a great chance of winning Absolutely. She's, she's great with words. She's a public defender. She's a great read on people. I mean, she's even said she's like a cobra. She's, she's likable. She's cute. She's not threatening. I think, I think Haley's got a great, great 
great chance. And and the same way, I mean, Sarah, I like Sarah a lot too. Uh, also got a great read on people. She's the one that, when she played with Tony, figured out he was a cop. Yeah. I mean, she's she's sharp, really sharp. Um, Sierra Dawn, I think something Sierra Dawn um, said last night that made her, it's kind of stuck out and I still remember it now. She said, you know, she's, you know, she's with the rodeo or she's, you know, she said she works around men. She has a good relationship with men and she's got a good read on men. And I thought, yeah, Sierra Dawn, that's great. But I don't think the men are who you need to play up to. It's these women, these strong silent women that I think are going to, you know, head on up to the front of the pack that you need to make sure you keep a good relationship with. Cause I don't think the men, you know, these heavy hitter men, the, the Malcolms, the, the Caleb's, the Aussies, I think you need to, to really try to get in with these, with these women. So it'll be, I'll be interested to see how, you know, which direction she goes with her gameplay. Yeah. I mean, I just want to back up and say about Haley again, no disrespect. I mean, it's just, that was just a, a, a generalized opinion. I, I would, again, would love her to prove me wrong. And I mean, my, my issue with Haley, it's not that she's a returning player. Uh, I was having this conversation earlier tonight. Like if this was just called Survivor All-Stars 2, I would have no problem with Haley coming back because, again, sure, why not? Let's see. I liked Haley the first time around. We didn't get to see a whole lot of her, but hey, cool, she's there. My my issue is you're calling a season game changers, and you have someone like Haley. Like to me, if you're living up, it's, it's no different to heroes versus villains. If you go back to that, some of the people like Danielle, how is she a villain? You know, it's like we're getting into that's what I, that's my point with Haley. So again. Please, Haley, prove me wrong. You probably will. You're probably going to go on and win this damn thing because I've said this in the very first episode. Sarah is a is a is a classic example of that T bird because I remember I was very I was very negative on Sarah uh, when we did our rankings episode because to me I had high hopes for Sarah and I, I agree with you like she called Tony out for being a cop. She was perceptive, you know. She had great instincts, but to me I think that turned out bad for her and I don't think she was a smart player her first time around. I I she's one of these people that has huge potential and I think she can do well at the game and she started off great. So I I out of all those the people that we've mentioned there I to me it would not surprise me if Sarah could go all the way as well. Um and then you know Sierra like again another question mark and Sierra was one I remember during Worlds Apart that I Sort of likened to a Kim Spradlin. She gave him Kim Spradlin vibes just with her looks and how she came across in her interviews. And we just didn't see her. And I think the problem with Sierra in Worlds Apart was her edit. Because from what everybody else said on that season, she was a threat. She was going to win the game. And that's why they had to get rid of her. I think she was fifth from memory, fourth or fifth. So, again, I think her fault with that was the edit. And I, I had the pleasure of meeting Sierra about two or three months ago uh, in person when I was in Salt Lake City. And... It's just a different side of a person. Like you don't, you don't see a person because of the edit. You think, oh, okay, this whatever. And Sarah's amazing. She was great. Like she's such a, a bubbly personality. Like we, I saw more of Sierra on this first episode from what I met of her in person than in the entire season of Worlds Apart. So I think you're right too. Like I mean, it shouldn't just be a case of let's go hang out with the men. I mean, she's gotten this advantage, this legacy advantage, which is a lot better than I think last season's. Like she can what use it as immunity when there's thirteen or six people left. It's a great twist. I like that yeah. twist. 
Um, so, I mean, I hope she sticks around for a lot longer too. So, we've got these people there. I mean, you mentioned, you sort of loosely mentioned Andrea, I think, before too. Andrea is one of these interesting ones that, I mean, did we even see her in these episodes? I, I can't remember. We saw her. Um, but she was, she was one of these ones who, when she came back a second time, people were like, why is she back? But she had this really weird cult fandom on the internet. Everybody seemed to really like Andrea. Just it was it was a strange fandom. It's one of these things that you don't understand why people are fans of. Kind of like Nickelback. Why do they have fans? I don't know. But it's 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 fascinating <laughs> with her because I I I interviewed Andrew a couple of years ago and she's great to talk to. And on rewatches, she's great. She's fun. She's bubbly. She's she's out there. She, you know, she's just yep. And this is, it's just this group of girls. And again, I'm not trying to point it out that it's only the girls. There are definitely guys in this cast too, which I'm questioning why they're on there as well. But I, again, I'm rambling on. Welcome to the Oz Network. But I feel that you are 100% right. One of these, I'm going to say it, one of those four women, five women that we're talking about, I feel one of them will win this game. Yeah, and let me just say a couple things before I forget because you were talking about, you know, why is Haley out there? You know, why is blah, 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 you know. Well, I'll tell you, this is what Probst has said from the very beginning when they started the idea of, of Game Changers. You know, they were looking at characters willing to make a move, willing, not necessarily, you know, maybe in the past, but you've got to remember what editing shows us is not, much a lot of times of these characters personalities so we don't you know it's like you said when you met sierra you you know you saw a whole different side well you got to figure the casting and pros they do see these characters from the start of casting to the very end so so pros has said he wants players really to make a move that will change the game willing to risk it all you know that have that can use psychological manipulations so again, I'm going back to Haley because I had a really strong feeling about Haley. Um, she is a public defender. She's a little cute girl, but I guarantee you, I mean, she's she's very driven. She's very tough. But with that being said, you can't see that with her because she's very likable and she she like I said, she compared herself to a cobra. I think that's probably probably a perfect analogy. And Sierra. I remember at certain second chances, I was on the elevator with Sierra. She is larger than life. I mean, even, I remember standing beside her, and I was just kind of lost there. I mean, she's got a, a very present. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl. And I wonder if Chris this sound. He's probably towering over most of these men out there. So she's going to definitely stick out very easily with everybody, which is why I say she needs to get in with the girls, you know, as opposed to, you know, getting close to the guys, because that's not going to be a problem. So I did want to mention, like I yeah. said, about the game changer, so willing to make it's a, a good, move. It's a good point. You know, so we saw that last night with the first two booths. I, I don't, I guess, I mean, I understand the concept and, and how Jeff explains it. I mean, it was funny. I mean, this cast was leaked a long time ago and it was funny when certain names were being discussed and then people were saying, how the hell is Jeff Probst going to explain that, you know, Haley's a game changer, Sierra's a game changer. And I get, I completely get, I, I understand it to, to a point, but I've got to ask you this question though, T-Bird, and you are like the nicest person on the planet. So I know you're not going to answer this in a bad way, even though you probably could and should. But 
I mean, surely you can't watch this. I mean, you were so close to second chance. It's so close. And you sit back and watch this and see someone like a Haley, someone like a Sierra, someone like a Sarah out there. And you've explained it. You've done well. Jeff has explained it. But I'm going to take all the way back to season three. You, you, you are out there. You are willing to go against the, the norm to give a vote to Lex because you see him as a threat. You're already going behind things and putting a target on your back, but able to cover that up until, you know, after the game. To me, that is game changing. It's the third season. You're, you're willing to do that to a point. How are you not on this cast, yet Haley, Sierra, Sarah are, when again, I'm sure any fan of Survivor listening to this would completely agree with me. You were more of a game changer than all three of them combined. Well, Ben, Ben, you know this, you know the answer, and I'll tell you, my husband asked, you know, he didn't watch Survivor in the years. He had never seen any of my season or anything till here recently when he's watching it with me. As he was watching it last night, he said, I don't know any of these people. He goes, I don't know any of these. These, you know, who are these people? And the thing about it is, you know, recency bias is huge. Mm-hmm. So again, some of these people he didn't he didn't watch or see, even probably was you know because he's not a huge fan of the show. I know that's hard to believe. But my gameplay was so many years back, you know, 16 years but ago. But so was Jeff Varner's, though. I mean, I know he was recently on it, but, I mean, if oh, you were so, on with Varner, so, like, yeah. surely you would be considered for this again then in that in that aspect. Well, you're going to love this. Now, now, this was interesting. So this was very, very, very interesting. Probes, you know, I, I, I listened to an interview with uh, Probes, and Probes said when they came up with the idea of Game Changers, the very first person that came to their mind was Varner. Go ahead, Varner. And I thought, hmm, hmm, that's interesting. You know, Varner is a great, he's great in confessionals, personality plus, but it's ironic that when you think of game changers and the first person they think of, all these amazing players, Varner has never made it to the jury. He's he was voted off. Is that right? Pre-jury both times in Australia yeah, he was, and on second chance. No, he was. Um, he so, was first merge boot. So pre-jury in Australia and yeah, second chances. He just missed out as well, didn't he? Yeah. Right. So I thought to myself, wow, you come up with a great, you know, a great show like Game Changers, and of all the five, almost close to, what, 500 people that are played, Varner's the first one that comes to your mind. Okay, that's interesting. Hmm. It's, 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 so, yeah. I, I, I didn't, heard, I wasn't aware of that. I hadn't seen that interview. I mean, Varner, Varner, like, I mean, just quickly, I mean, I've always been higher on Varner's game than I think people give him credit for in Australian Outback because I think I've always said Varner was ahead of his time on Australian Outback, just with how he played it. If you go back and watch the Australian Outback today, knowing what you know Survivor's like, Varner is a modern player in in classic Survivor, just with how he went about his time on Kuchar. And and I I think Varner could have easily won that game. Everyone says that Scoopin would have won that or or Elizabeth would have won that had Mike not fallen in the fire. And I probably agree with that Elizabeth probably would have won it. But I think Varner had a very good chance of, of doing very well. I guess, though, that, like, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, though, it's just, I just, I just, I, I get the recency bias, 100% agree. It's always going to be that way. But, I mean, 
Varna and you were in that same picture, you were on that same voting block to be back on one season, you know, had you got voted back on with Varna, would you then be in the frame to come back a third time? I don't know. Because, again, as I said, I, I, I definitely I stand by my point, D-Bird. And I'm not just saying this because you're on the line. I would say this if I was talking to any other contestant. You're more of a game changer than most of these, you know, a majority of these cast members. Well, you know, too, you know, when casting's pulling these people together, they're looking at so many dimensions, the personalities, and and who knows what they've got. You know, they, you know they're always looking ahead. Right now, we're, they're cast for 34, 35, but you got to know they've got these things in their mind. So, you know, who knows what they're looking at from down the road, but they've got to put these personalities and these characters together to get the fireworks the explosions they want. You're so, so I mean, nice. You're such a nice person. Seriously. <laughs> just you were you you were just you were but, you were so decent. I just need to say that. You were you were amazing. Like but, you just can't say anything bad about anyone. I applaud you. But yeah, but you know it's true. I mean and plus I'll tell you this. You know, we hadn't gotten to these two guys yet, but Troy Zan and uh, Brad, mm-hmm. you know, here are two guys that were on second chances that, that didn't make it. Don't I know the feeling of sitting there in front of the world wanting to play this game so badly and then being not there, not by a phone call like, you know, you're sitting at home, but in the world. So, you know, I was so happy to see Troy Zan and Brad out there this time around for, for Game Changers. And it gives me hope to think, hey, just because they didn't make Game Changer, I mean, just because they didn't make second chance, doesn't mean there wasn't another show up there for them so you know you never know we'll see how that goes but you know what was interesting too because brad's character he's another one that we kind of like sari who low-key 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 and i guess all i could think of is wwmd what would monica do <laughs> that was awesome I love it i love it brad, too. yes brad brad we love you brad so right now people that that, that aren't big on that Right now, it's got to be thinking, okay, we're going to give Brad a shot at this. We're going to give him a chance. Although, you can't help but fall into the personality or the character that you are, just like Michaela. You know, Michaela started out with, you know, she was smooth up the people. She'll change it around. She's going to smooth up the people. She's got to keep this same expression because she can't hold something. And Abby Doggone, when they told her they were going to put that one vote on her, <laughs> here comes Michaela. She couldn't help herself. I think they're in full, you know, her first. It's it's fascinating how we're talking about the people that can win this game. I think if we sat and analysed this cast more, T-Bird, it's probably... Like, we could probably come up with about more than half of this cast who who can't win the game because it's like... It's so... It's, right. it's just the type of characters they are. And, I mean, Survivor's a game, you can... I guess you can never say can't. You can never say they can't win the game. Going back to what I said about Tony. Tony should never have won the game based on how he played because people like Tony don't win Survivor. He did. But, you know, again, can we completely prove wrong with all of this? You know, Sandra is already counting a third million dollars by now. But, I mean, it's it's like you mentioned Brad, you mentioned Troy Zan. I mean, I, I swear I, I was the only one during Second Chances always having Brad and, and Troy Zan on my ballot. I am fans of both of them. I'm a, I'm a Culpepper fanboy. I love Monica to bits. Uh, I love Brad to bits, and I think Brad had the line of this, this both these episodes, not just the WW, you know, what would Monica do? My favourite line of both episodes, and I had to write this down because it was awesome, 
it's when they were chasing the goats and he turns around and he says, to kill a goat, we'll have to kill Ty. And I was like, that is a burn. That is, that <laughs> is, that is, the, that is the quote of the, the episode. But, I mean, the thing with Brad, can I just point out, we're talking about San- the love for Sandra. You know, everyone loves Sandra. Nobody likes Brad. This is my thing. Like, I mean, I think you like Brad. I like Brad. Brad is one of these ones that... Again, I'm talking about someone like Haley and Sarah. Why are they back? Everyone's saying the same about Brad. And I guess probably in the grand scheme of things, I would agree for that because a game changer, don't know if Brad did anything to, quote, change the game. But again, that's up for debate. But as a as a character, I just love Brad Culpepper. I love the Culpeppers. So again, I don't know where I'm going with this point. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just expressing my love. For Brad and the fact that Monica got a mention. Because Ben, love Monica. you've got to have, when you say, you just look at it, game changers, game changers, you've got to have these big Archer the Light personalities. You've got to have these conflicts with these different personalities. You've got to have these big cocky personalities. You have to have it. So, you know, Brad stayed, I was very surprised. I think, you know, what would Monica do? That little mantra that he has might work for him because he was very laid back and very much a radar. I mean, you saw you saw JT who, you know, likable, very likable, charming. They're gonna stand out, you know, once they get past, you know, all these physical challenges, once they narrow it down to the one on one. And even though Brad is a very strong, you know, physical physically guy, he might be one of you want to sit there and end with because Malcolm or a, you know or a love or because you know maybe he stays stays enough. So it'll be interesting. I think he's going to end longer. You know, like when you look at him as opposed to Michaela. Again, Michaela, very strong personality, great at challenges. But she just can't help it. She, she, you know, instead of what would Monica do, what would Michaela do? <laughs> We're still with the same WWMD. And, and I think Michaela's not going to make it there as long as Brad will. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And, I mean, look, you and I, uh, that was the episode we watched together, was it not, when I was at your house, the Michaela vote out? Because um, that was, it was, because that's when we both looked up the spoilers to see if, who was coming back and we got excited that it was Michaela coming back. Yeah. Um, I mean, love Michaela a bit. I mean, she's great personality. She's she's just television gold. Uh, but again, this is going back to what we're saying about it. it's probably easier for us to say who can't win the game. And, you know, I mean, Michaela is not that game savvy. I mean, I like the fact when she's walking along the beach with Troy Zan and she's like, what's your name, Troy Zan? Oh, is that your real name? Like, just, you know, just <laughs> the way she is. Like, it was just, she's, she's amazing. Love it a bit. Um... But yeah, it's- she's she's great, great personality, great character. Her her social game is, of course, lacking. But again, when she said when she said Michaela was talking about, she said, "Who are y'all? Who are y'all and Sierra to vote for? That everybody's voting for." Tony pointed at her, and then in her confessional, she said, "That fool said me." <laughs> you know. Again, when she said that, I'm like, that is wonderful. So the whole afternoon, it seems like she was walking around, you know, saying they needed to change it to someone else in the course of the afternoon. And then again, you saw Aubrey talking to her. And Aubrey, again, an unbelievable read on people. Now, remember, 
She doesn't know anything about Michaela because Michaela and Zeke, nobody had seen that play. None of these players know anything about Michaela and Zeke. So you would think the unknown factor for those two might be worrisome to the others because they don't know why they were cast for game changers. But Aubrey right away said Michaela has a hot streak. I mean, she, I mean, maybe it was easy for everybody to see, but again, Aubrey, pointed it out so it's it's interesting isn't it that that wasn't really brought up the whole because i mean in all returning player seasons where somebody's played back to back that's generally always raised at some point like oh i don't don't know what zeke's doing i don't know what michaela's doing and i mean there is a very long track record of back-to-back players doing very very well i mean rupert obviously went very far on all stars you know amanda and james went pretty far on micronesia russell on heroes vs villains malcolm on caramel and you know there's there's that track record of people playing back-to-back who do well so again on that aspect zeke and michaela have that to their advantage you would obviously argue zeke would more likely go further than Michaela. Again, we could be completely wrong. You could be listening to this in like three months' time going, Jesus, Ben really didn't get any smarter in his time away. He still is shit at predicting Survivor. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's fascinating with that aspect. I mean, this is, again, going back to what we are saying at the beginning of the episode. You've got four-time players, three-time players, two-time players, winners, back-to-back players, you know. It's, it's... It's a, it's look as much as I was saying why are these people back again based purely on the theme. It's such an eclectic cast of people that there are so many variables that I, I mean, if you were to sit and analyze this against the other three full returning player seasons, you might argue this could be the most eclectic bunch of returning players to play all together because even the players that you might consider, huh, why are they back? What are they doing there? have their own uniqueness of it. Whereas, like, on an All-Stars, you know, or a Heroes vs. Villains, or even a Second Chances, there were people on that that as much as they were good to come back, you would argue, what could they do ultimately to affect the season? There really might only be one or two people on this cast that you would just be like, they're going to do nothing to affect this game. That's why I think... Going back, contradicting myself what I said about 20 minutes ago, that maybe this could be the most well-rounded all-returning player season we've ever had. Right. I definitely agree. And just, you know, we didn't mention that about the return players from Koran. This was all return players from Koran. But, but let me just say this quickly before we finish with talking about Akela and Zeke, the unknown. You know, get rid of the unknowns or, or what? Well, Michaela, I think pretty much the players can see while they've got her out there. She's a she's a power player as far as her endurance, as far as her physical stamina. She's she's got sass. She's got mm-hmm. personality. Yep. So I'm sure people figure, well, that's why she's out here. Now Zeke is the one you might want to be careful for because, you know, he as far as his his physical, him and Ty did fantastic. Looked in that 400 pound snake over that fence, you know, in the water. That was amazing. I was so impressed with those guys. But Zeke is the one I might have to say, hmm, he's charming. Why is he out here? He might be someone I definitely want to, want to look for. But you've got four return Koran players. Now, they, they did a good job. They've got Debbie and Ty on the Nuku tribe, and they've got Aubrey and Caleb on the Mana tribe. So they've got them broken up. But you haven't seen any. I mean, I haven't seen Debbie and Ty at least the first two episodes, act like they much don't even know each other. And then the same with Aubrey and Caleb on the monotribe. They hadn't been palling up either. Yeah. You know, it looks like Caleb's going with the, with the, with the all guy, 
the Strength, Strength, Strength Alliance right there's now. Been, there's so been none of this with the exception. That'll be interesting to see how that plays yeah. out too. Now, I think with Ty, I think, I think Ty's going to be his own in mind. He's, he's so focused on animals, and that's who he is. You know, that is who Ty is. But he's going to be easy reason people want to say you know we might as well get, get out of here yeah you know so and i mean i think i think with the with the exception of the the aussie seree um you know battles about you know what seree ultimately did with aussie or micronesia they're really again it hasn't exactly been brought up um this you know past connections that often gets brought up i mean you know i mean you look at you know varna and and sir and sierra obviously we're on the same season on second chances you know um there's i mean there's a whole bunch that have been on and you're right like it's it's kind of again one of these things that hasn't been touched on yet which i'm sure we will i'm sure we'll see i'm sure this three aussie thing's going to play out and can i just point out and oh, I think, you know you know aussie aussie did say you know Again, um, Siri approached Ozzy. Again, like who my list of characters here, Siri approached Sarah, Zeke, Debbie, Ty, and Ozzy and uh, said something like from the beginning, beginning, you know, are we okay? You know, are you coming in with baggage? I think she said to Ozzy, are you coming in with baggage? Well, I'm thinking to myself, Ozzy's probably thinking, uh, well, yeah, maybe sort of <laughs> a little bit because here's her, she's, her fourth time out here playing, mm-hmm. just like Aussies, they've got to have something going for them. And then, even though I know fans versus favorite was what, like we said, eight years ago, and even Ozzy pointed out, you know, that she didn't really target him. She just went along with the alliance. She went along with the others. Um, and I think Ozzy said to her, "Yeah, you know, it's a clean slate." But you and I both know deep down. I don't believe that to be the case because, again, Siri's going to be a target anyway, and Ozzy, I would think, is going to it's going to be a target too with his strength. He's likable. He's he's bringing a lot. He's bringing a lot to the tribe. Where Siri might not be bringing quite quite as much in as far as the physical part. So if Siri makes it in further into the game, they might keep her. But I think Ozzy's going to go ahead and move her out. He wants her out before he goes this out. Is, Let's put it like this that. This is what I love about this game. It's the fact that, you know, eight years later, you can still hold... I mean, I would be exactly the same as Ozzy. I mean, I'm sure if you played with Lex again somehow in the future, T-Bird, that there's going to be some part of him that's still going to be like, you you voted for me. Like, you know, like there's still oh, going to yeah. be well, that... No, de- yeah. doesn't matter how much of a good friend you are outside of the game. It's like... Uh, and Ben, you know, I have to say this. I am very close with Lex. Um, but I know, I know deep down, I messed up his game. I messed up his game. I know I did. You know, deep down, I, I'm sure that'd be something that you, you don't forget. And it also kind of changed his persona of what the fans thought about him. Because I remember when I did media, my media run, I kept, people were asking me about Lex, and I'm like, you guys, Lex is the most neatest, wonderful, greatest guys you could ever meet. But unfortunately, the way he reacted to the uh, to the vote, people got a whole different perception of, of him that was really not accurate. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, 16 years later, it's, uh, absolutely, I think. And this is why it's so great. And this is this is my, this is ultimately my, um, I guess, 
you know, for, for people maybe listening to the Oz Network, don't know a whole lot in terms of you know things to do with Survivor fandom and things like that. There's there's always a debate out there in the community about bitter juries. Do they exist? You know, um, you know, ultimately the winner. You know, are they getting voted because they win, or is it maybe the person who's sitting next to them they don't want them to win? My argument is always there is such thing as a bitter jury. Of course, there's a bitter jury, and I don't see how there cannot be a bitter jury. I mean, this again, after all these years, you can hold on to something. Survivor is a personal game. It doesn't matter. Like, people these, you know, after 34 seasons can sit there and say, oh, it's just a game. And, I mean, look, let's be honest. Tony, I mean, he accepted that beautifully at the end of it. He got voted out. He sat there and he said, well, you know, Sandra played me. Good job. Great. Good job. People can accept that. But there are definitely people out there who hold grudges, even after all these years. Again, Survivor is a very personal game. And, you know, Aussie... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I have to be it. I, I, I'm trying to not even interrupt you. I'm trying not to interrupt you. I'm just I'm sitting here. I've like got my hand here saying, pick me, pick me, teacher. Okay. Just shut me up. Uh, shut me up. This is a new thing. This is the Oz Network. This is the Survivor Oz. You take control. I can't, I can't stop myself. I can't stop myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know how I am. I know how I am with people. With I, I just, I know how I am. Period, period, period. And I thought back, just like you had pointed out with the Lex thing, as good a friend Lex and I are now, if we play again, I still believe as much as I love that man, and I do, I have to keep him as close to me as possible or I have to get it out. Because I play again, just like I played the first time, to win it, period. And Lex is and was a threat. And then I found myself thinking about Silas, who, you know, very, very strong player. And I thought, you know, if I if I was ever playing again with, with Silas, you know, and I thought, well, I'd have to keep Silas right beside me and watch out for him every second or get it out. So, yes, you, you can't help but carry your past experiences with these players with you, you know, whether you you threaten them because they're really good, strong, strategic players, or whether you you don't really trust them, you know. I mean, look at look at what happened with Boston Rod and Lex. Mm-hmm. You know, status in the game. Boston Rob didn't fulfill that word, and I'm not saying that they're not friends now, but they don't think they have to the, spend the holidays together. Let's just put it <laughs> like that, because you know. There is, there's your there's a gentleman's word, and it's kind of like anything in life. That's why I think this game mirrors life so beautifully, because you can't help but have that stuff, you know, keep that stuff kind of inside you. And again, I was watching Ozzy last night when he was talking to Sari, and Sari was saying, you know, are you coming in with baggage? I mean, actually. That's probably not the way I would have put it because I don't know that I would like the tone of that if I was Aussie because it kind of dictates, I mean, it kind of brings in kind of a negative connotation, if you will. So, yes, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out with with Aussie and Sierra. Absolutely, definitely, Mm. positively. You just, and just again, T-Bird, please interrupt me at any point. Again, this is... This is a fresh new show. This is this is just you're as equal to me as I am to you on this episode. Okay, well, you're probably a little bit higher than me, but um, you know that that happens when you actually played the game, and I'm just talking about it. So um, that's. 
I lost it. I dropped you, which I, I dropped you for a minute, which I think was really important what you were saying. It wasn't. It really wasn't. That, <laughs> that was no, the one point it, you I could think, drop. And that saying. is the part that is completely fine. <laughs> no, I think it's it's interesting whatever your relationships are with these people. You know, everybody's different whether or not you feel threatened by somebody you know, that's why, again, I'm going to still jump back, you know, to the Haley's and the Sarah's and, you know, the Andrea's that are playing, that if they can play, you know, low-key enough, very non-threatening, I think they're going to do really well. Aubrey last night, by the way, who I absolutely, I love her. I think she's fantastic. You know, going into it, you can see that everybody knows you know, what a fan favorite she was. And you got to think, you know, these 20 players are big, huge personalities now. They're not playing for their first time. They're playing for their second, some their third, a lot their third, and some their fourth time. So there's a lot of big egos out there. So you got to even now factor that into with these returning players, people that not, might not want to see another fan favorite jump ahead of them in the game. That's certainly going to be a factor, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing like, you always... I think Ty was a huge, a huge fan favorite. A lot of the reasons was because of, the, you know, Mark the Chicken. So here he goes again with the chickens and, you know, telling JT to be careful, get it all, you know, eating all the corn. You might want to change your strategy up a little bit and separate yourself from big egos remembering how popular you were with the fans—it to me would be smart gameplay. Yeah, I completely agree. And this is the thing with—I mean, going back to I guess Sandra and playing it up to it. And you always have this with people on these returning player seasons because you know they go into this knowing that perception, and particularly now with social media and you know silly little podcasts and YouTube videos and just things like that. You know, they—they're a lot more aware of their fandom and I, mean, I guess kind of you know in in your sort of period on survivor going into all stars social media wasn't a thing but i mean i guess you would all argue on the flip side of that you were more national celebrities in the public eye and not just i guess in a segregated corner on the internet you know back then you were legitimately you know on the covers of tv guide and, and you know on on mainstream news and, you know, so, I mean, I guess you, your era of Survivor and the current era of Survivor have their own ways of measuring the popularity. But it's, it's the ego factor is just, it's incredible. I mean, some of these, some yeah. of these people, I guess, um, you know, I mean, all of these people are just regular people. You're all regular people who have just been put on it. You know, you're not actors, you're not anything. But, I mean, you can... With everyone, you can tell why they've been cast on the show. And there will be some who go out there and adjust themselves and adjust whatever. But, of course, there are the people who are playing up to their character and are playing up to the fans. And that's why it's a good mixture of people on this season. Yeah, and, uh, Ben, also, I remember now, I've played with Rupert, of course. You know, Rupert, again, one of the only four four-time players other than Boston Rob, Siri, and Ozzy. Now, Rupert's just from what I hear of a lot of players that have played, kind of stay clear of him because it seems like from what I get from people, because he is such a larger than life fan favorite, that it's, you know, again, you really, playing with somebody like that, 
is really kind of where you want to be if you're in a season with returnees because you know, like I said, a lot of these other big personalities, the Tuggies, the Sandras, um, they don't want other personalities probably to be in there as long, you know, they want them taken out sooner than later. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of it comes into all of that play absolutely absolutely so much that we're covering with this a couple of things i want to i want to mention about these episodes though because i think we're, we're covering a wide variety of things with everything rather than going over things play by play which we generally sort of do on the Oz network but we're, we're we're just sort of covering a diverse range of things we'll talk about some of the contestants shortly but the twists i just wanted to go over i mean we mentioned the legacy advantage that sierra got that she can use at either 13 or 6 um, and if she gets voted out pre- prior to that, she's got to pass it on afterwards. The one, though, that I think the big talking point, because this definitely affected the first vote and will affect other votes, is the fact that there is now no longer a tie-breaking procedure and the fact that if there's a, a, a tied vote, it basically comes down to what happens after that tie vote procedure so that if there's a tie they have to come have a discussion if they can't come up with a unanimous decision at the point there to vote someone off those two people are safe and they go to rock similar to what basically cost Kimmy the game in second chances because they came to the unanimous decision and we had that last year of course to our uh, last season sorry with the rocks so I mean I, I like this I, I I have not read the fan reaction online I'm sure as always is the case with the survivor fan community there is a a wide varying uh, bunch of opinions but I kind of like this because I guess post Marquesas the rock draw scared people out from forcing ties pre-idol now that idols are in play we always get this split vote you know let's split the votes in case blah blah, blah. I personally am getting a bit I'm not. I've never been a fan of the split vote. I'm a bit dumb, T-Bird, so it kind of confuses me a little bit. So, I like a nice, simple vote. That if we're not going to have these these tiebreakers and and split votes, that forces people to play it. I mean, do you like this idea? Do you like this twist? Well, I I like. You know, they've got to keep this game evolving. They've got to change it up. Um, so yeah, it's just another twist. You know, I think it's it's. They've got to do that. They, but, but let's before we get to this um, no revote. Let me say this about the advantage legacy that Sierra has. Okay, she's got to use it when there's thirteen left or six left. Well, obviously, when there's six left, you're down to a tribe of well six. Well, when there's thirteen left, and again, you said you were dumb on the uh, the revote vote thing. Well, maybe I'm dumb here with this advantage legacy because what I'm wondering is with thirteen left. Are you are you still you one tribe at that point, or are you two tribes? And if you're two tribes and you're Sierra and you're only thirteen left, you got to make sure your tribe goes to tribal council so you use that advantage that, legacy. That is a good point. Or I, hope, my my, or I, hope my you're guess in with that last six, one of the last six people that are there. Yeah, my my guess would that be would be that Jeff just basically gave away that they will be merged when there's thirteen people. I mean that that would be my my guess because. You're right. That makes no sense. If they're in two tribes, I mean, what if there's a, a tribe of eight and a tribe of five, a tribe of nine and a tribe of four? It makes no sense at all. So right. my my point there, and I'm guessing they've probably discussed this, and this that's a great question to ask these guys once this season is over. I, I'm I'm I think you've just you've just pinpointed it there, T Bird. Jeff just spoiled it. They'll be merged at thirteen. Well, you'd have to be if not. 
Good news, bad news. Good news, my job's not going to Bible council. The airport suckers are. Uh, bad news is, here I'm sitting with my advantage and it's not going to do me any good unless I'm still sitting here at 6. Yep, you're so right. 13 means nothing to me. Yep. I think, so, and, yeah, okay, yeah. good. And, and, uh, well, I mean, I guess in kind of saying in spoiling that, Jeff didn't actually spoil it, did he? Because he didn't say it. It was in the note. So, there we go. That's me being dumb. Um, but um, I think, I think I mean, based on previous seasons in the last few years, uh, they've merged generally around the 13 point, haven't they? I mean, it's we seem to merge earlier and earlier. I mean, we're, I, I swear we're only a couple of seasons away where they're not even going to have tribes. They're just going to play... As 20 individuals. So, I mean, there's a twist in itself. I'm surprised I haven't done right. that yet. But, yeah, no, I think, yeah, you've, you've picked it there. Well done. Good job, T-Bird. See, you're smart. I'm dumb. Good job. Hey, <laughs> hey. So, so, you know, that, that is legacy. Now, she, I guess she can give it to anybody anytime she wants to. Of course, they can't use it. Yeah. They can't use it, but she's got it there to hold, to tell somebody, hey, you stick with me, we get, I mean, it, it could really save her. I mean, I think... I mean, I like to keep as much close to the cup as, as you know, that's just the way I play, or I have played, would play again. But, you know, she has it in case she needs it, in case she thinks sees that things are kind of not going well for her, which I really can't see that happening right now with, other, with all these other, you know, big personalities. But she can always pull in, you know, somebody and say, look, I've got this, and I'll be glad to give it to you as long as, you know, we protect each other. And I mean, it can only help her. It can only be a good thing. Plus, I mean, she looks like she's going to gonna keep it close. And it'll be interesting to see what she does with it. I think she'll be in at 13 left. I can't imagine her not. Because right now, what do we, we've got two out. So that used to be five more people before her. She's some of these, you know, big personalities maybe being taken out like, Michaela hurting herself with her, you know, her Michaela-like personality, which, of course, we all love. Ty taking himself out with his fan favorite and the chicken thing. Sandra, two-time winner. Siri. I mean, I can see easily five people that I'm just sent over that could easily be a lot bigger than Completely Anytime. agree. Completely agree. So, I mean, on that note, uh, the, yeah, the the tie breaking procedure, the the no tie breaking procedure, straight to rocks, basically. I mean, what's your thought on that twist? God, I think that would definitely make make you think. You know, anything can happen with that. It, I'm out there playing again, and usually, like I said, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the show. But also, I look at all this stuff as I, as you know, as as a player. I'm thinking now at this point in time, I know Sierra that got voted out, you know, was was a game changer. She absolutely deserved to be out there. You know, I think the big thing that they kind of talk about her is about voting against her mom, where I think that to me is not as, as big as because I think her was going anyway. And, you know, when you a season like that, when you're playing blood versus water, I think you got to you know, with your partner, whether it's your, your mother or your father, however, kind of know what to do, you know, if you get to a certain point. But just the fact that she, during one of her seasons, made them draw rocks, right? She took them to rocks. So anything can happen with that. I think at this point, now that you've seen, you know, Pascal, you've seen uh, Jessica, with things just, your, your game is ruined by that by that so i think i would have to i might even change my alliance 
if I had, just depending, just depending, which might be, might help you too, um, before going to rocks now, you know, just looking mm. back on things. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, again, as I said, I, I was just the whole split vote scenario and just things like that. I mean, it's, it's been an interesting development of how it's worked, like as you mentioned, sort of with, with Pappy back in season four and just how that kind of developed and just the way they've tweaked the rules and everything. I, I'm not a fan of, um, like, I, the whole scenario where basically if there's tie, if there's a tie and they can't unanimously come up with a decision that the two people who were tied become immune, I don't like that but I can see why they do it um, because, I mean, one could then argue that if you knew you were on the chopping block um, and then you say, were you know, say you and I were on the chopping block and we knew that it was going to be a tie between you and I, you know, would we not want them to make it a tie and not come up with a unanimous decision so you and I become safe? Like, in some weird way, could you not strategically work that out somehow, so that you then yeah. become immune by default. I mean, I'm surprised no yeah, one's come up with that well, yet. It might work this season. That's risky. So. Yeah, that's risky. That's risky, It is, risky, but, I mean, risky. so is if you're, if you're on the chopping block anyway, um, I mean, what's would you rather take that risk or, again, go to rocks? I mean, again, so many variables to it, but I, I like it. I like this idea. I think it's going to change the way people vote because I think people will be too afraid to force it to go to ties and... I think that harks back to earlier seasons when, you know, the Purple Rock was such a big thing after Marquesas. So I, I think it will work. I hope it will work. You know, on paper it will work. But, hey, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we will. It'll be, I think it's going to be fun to watch unfold because a lot of times, I mean, you go, you go, and, and of course, last night, the very first vote against Sierra, what was it, 9 to 1? It was unanimous, yeah, 9 to 1. Know, 9 yep. to 1 vote. Yeah, nine to one. So you don't usually see that. I mean, you usually see votes are kind of scattered, and, and people don't know who, at the last minute. They don't know. I remember look at Aubrey when she played before, standing up there for however long trying to decide how to vote, way to go. I don't know, blah blah blah. So it's going to be interesting to number one does it happen where I vote doesn't even happen, and if it if it happens even once during the season. Watch it play out. See if somebody jumps the alliance for that vote because they don't want to go to. I love it. I love it. it again, the, the the game has to keep evolving. They have to keep doing small tweaks to keep it interesting. Not just for you know, not just for us watching. Got to keep the players on their toes. Especially with these returning seasons. How many of these people have a relationship out? of the game, you know, through going to all these different functions and blah, 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 blah. And I'll tell you, it's interesting because uh, I did talk to one of these players um, before the season started. I won't tell you who it, who it was tell right us, now. Tell us who it was. Um, we're, we're intrigued now. But, but, but this particular person told me nothing at all, which, of course, nothing is where I want to be. I want to know nothing at all. Um, but they did say that is that the dynamics of, of these returning seasons is interesting because they I gotta be careful, they said that so many of these people know each other outside of the game that it changes the game for the players. It it's 
I don't want to say it makes it not fair, but it, it does change it up. So all these little twists and all these little, you know, idols that they hide over, you know, wherever they're hiding it and all these different um, advantage legacies or whatever they can throw in, even if with that, with they've got to have it. They've got to have it. Even though, you know, Probst, I'm sure, has his favorite people. And by the way, Probst actually said he predicted Sierra to win the game, which obviously must have jinxed her since she was the first out. <laughs> you know that the, the you know that casting, they have their favorites. They have the way that they would probably like to see it go, you know, deep down. But to keep it interesting and fresh and, and everybody on their toes, they gotta throw in all this stuff. So yeah. Keep it coming. So, so I love it. So t- you're not gonna tell us who you talk to, are you? Yeah, no. <laughs> Damn it. I will, I will say, I mean, obviously I said I, I met Sierra, um, but I didn't say anything. So before people... Oh, that's were, right. You met... Did you meet her, did you meet her after she played? Yeah, she, she had played. So we, we, we basically... I will tell a really quick story just on this if people want to know the background of it. I was actually staying with Nalia uh, from Season 4 in Salt Lake City and basically, I was awoken very early on a Sunday morning. I had Nalia standing over my bed, you know, waking me up, like going, hey, you know, you should get up and have a shower. I have a surprise for you. And I'm like, cool, all right. So, had a shower, and then I've come out into the kitchen, and, you know, lo and behold, there's Sierra sitting at the table, because she also is from Utah. Oh, so, wow. you know, so I got to have breakfast wow. with Nalia and Sierra. It was great. We had a great conversation, as I said, you know, That's completely right. different Not in person. Morning. Yeah, it was, pretty much. And... Not spoiled. Sierra wouldn't give spoilers away. I, you know, you you ask questions, you ask how it was, and all this sort of stuff, and what's the vibe of the season, and you know, you get sort of bits and bobs here and there. But it wasn't again. It wasn't like, hey, you know, I win or anything like that. So I don't know anything before people know that. Um, just just going over because uh, we've got some listener questions. I should say, if again, if you're listening to us, let, let me let me. Hey, Ben, before you get to that, let me just mention this because I'm afraid I'm not going to get to this. I watched the show last night, you know, in real time, and I'm tweeting and I'm doing, you know, I'm tweeting as I'm doing it. And, you know, for me, I'm not really a multitasker. So when I'm tweeting, there are times when I'm missing little bits and pieces. I'm missing stuff. So I knew you and I were going to talk about the show. So I actually watched it a second time trying to be more, you know, pay attention to everything that I may have missed first time. And I'll tell you, yes. And I'll tell you something that I noticed the second time that I did not notice the first time, which I think is kind of important. This location in Fiji is unbelievably amazing. And I know Probe said if he could, he would shoot every season there in Fiji. But well, they probably will now I, that he said that. <laughs> yeah. I noticed the second time watching it, the set design, the, the, the location, the, that huge ship that they started out on just the stuff, you know, you're so much watching, you know, with 20 characters, return characters, you're paying attention to the characters that for me, I get lost in the characters. And I don't look back at, at the beautiful scenery and everything they've done. Even the tribal council, I don't remember one of them, whoever walked in her face. It was one of the girls faces kind of lit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, may have been Sierra uh, by the, the detail in the tribal council, and that's something I remember in Africa. The detail in every little thing at tribal council was amazing. And even now, 
all these, you know, 16, 17 years later, it was magnificent. So I just encourage people to go back and watch it just all the landscape. And it looked like they had a bunch of, every time they'd show the water, it looked like there was a bunch of sharks jumping around. And I thought, I don't know, cue the sharks. I mean, they've got just, <laughs> The scenery is amazing. Let Richard so, attack right, I, I agree with that. And actually, that's why I'm glad you pointed that because that one thing I did want to mention, uh, you mentioned Tribal Council, that, yeah, the voting booth, it was like a lighthouse. And it was funny, actually, you mentioned the detail in Africa. Right. The first thing that I thought of when I saw that was your season with the little huts that you had on Africa. But, um, yeah, it's it's beautifully done. And, um, yeah, I mean, Mama, Mamanuka Islands, I'm going to try and pronounce that correctly. Um Fiji, beautiful place. I got to be in Fiji for about two hours, either way, of coming between Australia and America. Uh, I didn't see much more than the airport and flying over it, so sadly I didn't get to see this. But anyway, um, before, yeah, we've got a, we've got listener questions, which, again, we'll get to. Um, but one thing, I guess, just quickly, two things I'll touch on, because I want to go over just some of these cast people that we haven't talked about yet. Just, I mean, this is a pointless question, because I think we're really at the point now with Survivor that challenges really are almost obsolete because, I mean, we haven't had a good challenge in... I can't even remember the last time we had a good challenge on Survivor. Do you have anything to add on the, the challenges we saw? I mean, carrying a giant snake and other the other one, they both had water in well, it. Well, so. you know, they look really physical. <laughs> both of them were really physical with a lot of swimming, a lot of lifting. And I guess, I mean, they have to have those, you know, starting out because you figure, you know, they're going to be so... It doesn't take long, just a few days before your stamina is just, you know, stripped away from you. So I just realized, I just started thinking, wow, they just, they seem so physical. And I did think it was interesting. Um, Ozzy, of course, right away, right away, jumping in, heading off to get the toolbox. And during one of these challenges, I thought it was great that, um, of course, they had Ozzy doing the swimming again for the Nuku tribe, but the Mana tribe had um Haley doing the swimming so I was looking at I thought that was really interesting so you know again here is this me mentioning Haley again obviously Haley's got good stamina good swimmer you know she's good she's probably in really good physical shape as well because she was the one and I guess she's the one that decided um let me look here and see I'm trying to see which challenge she did I thought it was during the, um, but anyway, I think it's Aussie. Yeah, it's, I mean. Swimming, so, again. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, because, again, I, I like that the opening parts where they're basically like, oh, Aussie's in the water again in the toolkit, no point going anyone else going out there. Like, you know, <laughs> off he goes. Um, yeah. So, just going over, looking here, I mean, we've pretty much, I think, talked about everyone, almost. We've talked about Sierra. Oh, oh, I, I, let me, let me make this, I want to make a new, because it's cute, but it's probably not so cute if you're Varner. We know that Crocs loves Varner. He's out there as a game changer. You know, he's great. But it's so funny how Jeff, whenever the, whenever the challengers are going on, you've got Jeff, of course, narrating in the background, and he's always saying things. He said it last night two or three times about, um, you know, what was he saying about Varner? Always like, you know, Varner's having trouble. Varner's not having any luck. Oh, what's, you know, and, you know, even Varner making a comment 
you know, two went back. So Vana's you similar know. to Penna. Penna used to have that little quips back at Probst uh, during the comedy. I, mean, I can never remember that <laughs> that one that like. But again, yeah. what you really don't want is if you're not doing, you're not if you're not doing well in a challenge, or you're slowing your tribe's challenge down for whatever reason. You really don't need Probst in the background, <laughs> making sure everybody knows. You know, you having a problem, Varner? What's going on there? You need some help? I mean, so. That's that's not what you want. You didn't have that. You, know? you didn't have that in Africa. At least we didn't see it. I mean, you know, he didn't really start doing commentary challenges until um, Thailand, I believe. So you were lucky. Yeah, we, we really, of course, probes, even now, even tribal council, if you watch the questions he asks, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, do you really want him to ask you that question? Because even though the tribal council goes an hour, hour and a half, however long it goes, and we only see, what, maybe five or six minutes of that, these questions, if you listen to him, are very leading to what happened the prior three days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are things that Probst says now that he did not do in Africa, or there's comments he makes that you're kind of shaking your head like, "Mm, please, you know, don't ask me that or don't say that. But I love the little, little digs he does with, with Varner, knowing, like I said, that he he's crazy about Varner, so the little digs they do were cute last night. What one of the one of the uh, many arguments I would definitely put out there that Jeff Probst is arguably the best host on TV. I I, I would stand by that. You know, of, of of this style of show. I mean, I just don't think anyone um, holds a candle to Jeff Probst and. I think that the day he decides that Survivor, he doesn't want to host it anymore, I think that's when the show ends. So that's just, you know, how I think it will how it will happen. Um, but, yes, okay, so just quickly. So, again, we've mentioned most of these people. Uh, we Malcolm, we didn't talk. I mean, Malcolm really didn't do a whole lot, didn't really anything to add on Malcolm at all. We've got what Malcolm's playing. This is his third time playing. This is his third time, um, yes. He's 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 good. He's good at challenges. He's very likable. Maybe a little cocky, but it'll but but in a likable way. Um, I think Malcolm could could hang in there a while. I mean, there's certain certainly other like more threatening personalities that I think will definitely go before Malcolm. His strategy is it's you know if he can align himself with somebody. It's got a pretty good strategy. Will help him. I think you know. I think that'll help him. Mal- Mal- yeah, I think I think Malcolm will be in there. While- Malcolm to me is the person that you don't realise is a threat until you're about halfway through the game. And I mean, Malcolm is somebody who can easily win Survivor. I mean, if he won this, it would not surprise me. I think Mal- Malcolm's kind of in that that you know. You've got Aussie, you've got Malcolm, you've got Joe. They're kind of that, you know, outdoorsy, long-haired, all the girls love them. You know, they've got that cult figure about them. But out of all three of them, and this is no disrespect to Aussie, no disrespect to Joe, Malcolm's the most likable and the best at the game. And to me, Malcolm can tick all the boxes, whereas Aussie, you know, he's lacking in the social skills and that. And Joe, I mean, Joe's kind of up there with Malcolm, I guess you would say, but... Yeah, it's it's um Now when you say Joe when you say Joe, are you talking J T? No, no, I'm talking Joe Anglum, who was Worlds Apart Joe, second chances Joe, who's oh, not on oh, this cast oh, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, as in that, like, that wait, archetype. Did, okay, I was like, did, did, did Joe Anglum get on the cast and I no, no. this? Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so so yes. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Did, um you, you, mentioned, know what's you funny? meant funny. Um 
Well, we've got Malcolm, Ozzy, and JT, but Ozzy really kind of surprised me. Ozzy's been out there again, fourth time playing, but he's likable. I know they, you know, I've heard that his social game may not be the absolute best, but just watching him those first two, you know, those first two two shows last night, the two-hour premiere, um, you know, if he aligns himself, and the same thing I like, you know, with Malcolm, and even, I think, was it Malcolm that was just saying that he wants to keep himself with, with strong people, you know, kind of so he can camouflage, well, that's why he wanted to keep Tony there. Um, but... Honestly, the same way, but I guess, I guess when you narrow down to start doing the personal one-on-one -on -one challenges, that's when Ozzy, you know, was probably going to be in trouble because he is, you know, he is such a jungle man. He's a survivor's version of our man, right? Uh, Ozzy, I mean, look, I interviewed Ozzy a couple of years ago. I mean, Ozzy, in every interview and anything he's done, I mean, Ozzy just basically says he wants to, like, he wants to live survivor. He wants that to be his life. Like, you know, he would give up everything to just go and live and be a survivor that way. So, I mean, Ozzy lives well, and breathes yeah. the game, the the survival elements. I mean, Ozzy, if Ozzy was... This is why they obviously brought him back for South Pacific with Coach, because, you know, they were perceived as players who weren't good at the social aspect of the game. And if Ozzy could, you know, if Ozzy could channel Malcolm's social ability, I mean, Ozzy could be the most complete player to play the game, but it just, he just lacks that. And it's going to just be interesting yeah, yeah, to see yeah. Aussie. Cause I mean, it actually surprised me that we didn't see outside of the Aussie versus Arisa. We really didn't see much of Aussie because, you know, you look at this cast in terms of how much airtime they got in their previous season. I mean, Aussie was all over Cook Island. He was all over Micron. He was all over South Pacific. I mean, Aussie is a, is a fan favorite and he's always overexposed. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I'm just saying he's always on our screen. But we barely saw anything from him, which kind of surprised me. I guess when you've got a cast with someone like Tony on it and Sandra on it, you're not going to see that much of Ozzy. So, you know. Right. Well, and definitely Malcolm. And it, you know who we really... Well, we're talking about these strong guys. You know, Ozzy, JT, Malcolm. And it's funny that, that we haven't really mentioned Caleb, mm. which is kind of ironic because he certainly... A very strong, um, but you know what? When they were doing that challenge last night, you notice one of those challenges, he was digging the sand like really fast, really fast, really fast. Thinking, uh -oh, you better be careful. He didn't pass be out this time. <laughs> he didn't pass out, but no. But just doing him and Tony were walking on the street, went down the slippery rock. I'm like, oh no, Caleb's going to go out again. They're going to have to pull him out of the game again. Did <laughs> you notice he hit the rocks? hard when him and Tony were, were walking, but it's funny. Isn't it funny how we talk about Ozzy, JT, and Malcolm, but we've really not brought Caleb into that mix? Yeah. That's interesting. Or JT. JT was the other one I was going to mention. We hadn't really talked too much about JT because, I mean, obviously, JT's a winner, um, but, yeah, it's it's kind yeah, of... But, but the good thing for JT, the good thing for JT is he is a winner, but since he was a winner, he played in was it Heroes versus... Uh, yeah, he, Heroes Since he's played again, he didn't make that strong a showing. Well, and so he was he was known for the dumb move, the, the perceived dumb move, yeah. Yeah, we kind of forget about that because JT, definitely, he's charming, he works hard, he's, you know, he's... 
I don't know. He's he's very, very likable. Now, as far as letting him get to the very, very end, I can't see that happen. But I can certainly see him playing, you know, hanging in the game again for a while. Mm. Um, Extremely likable. I mean, he was basically Jesus on, on his season I mean, that he won. I mean, he was perceived as, you know, so likable that no one wanted to get rid of him and he waltzed to a win. So, um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Well, I don't know that they'll get him to the end, but you want I – mean, it's kind of like – Last night, I remember Troy Zan at Tribal Council last night. You know, you again, like Malcolm was saying, strength, 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 even though, you know, Tony's the big, bald body running around, you know, acting crazy. We got to keep our strength together. Troy Zan, on the flip side of that, he was saying, um, you know, there's something about keeping your tribe together where even though you need strength, if we get a – 50% less paranoid if we vote. Obviously, he was talking about Tony because when you've got a person in the tribe that's causing a lot of havoc and stress under those conditions, and even if they're strong, you've got to get them out. So a person like Malcolm, who is, is so likable, you can see how they kind of slip in and end up playing a while. And, and the for JT as well. I guess we're talking about JT. They're workers. They're likable. You know, so it's going to be interesting to me because you certainly wouldn't you would have thought of Buck voting Tony out when they just lost two challenges in a row out stream, and they did. Yeah. So completely agree. And Caleb is You know, we talk about. Um, the unknowns of uh, Michaela and Zeke because nobody's seen him play. Well, hey, nobody's seen Caleb play either. And Caleb, you know, I know Caleb is a, seems to be a really, really big fan favorite. I know he's really good in challenges, but as far as strategy, I have no idea. Well, you've also got to remember with Caleb, which, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you, until about five minutes, I even completely forgot the fact that he, of course, came on to Survivor from Big Brother, you know, the, the social of all yeah, social games. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, look, and as somebody who's never seen him on Big Brother, but I've been told what he was like, um, you know, it, it is interesting. And it's, you know, I mean, Caleb, again, uh, maybe to me questionable, but I mean, it, it's still, yeah, what we, what are we going to see from him? Because you just didn't see that. And I mean, he was, you know, the beauty tribe on, on Korong were in a in a very good position with how they were set. And, you know, I mean, obviously, I was, Michelle ultimately went on to win, so clearly they did well. But it's, um, yeah, I, he's an interesting one, Caleb. He's he's very interesting. I, I want him to get on a tribe again with uh, with Ty so that he can try and kiss him again. But um, <laughs> we'll see how that yeah. goes. <laughs> uh, T-Bird, I'm going to get some questions. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you some listener questions here. Uh, as as people from Survivor Oz coming into Oz Network or your brand new listener, uh, we want to hear from you, the listeners. We uh, open this up. This is a part of the show where you send us in your questions. Uh, if you don't follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, do it now because we will put out there, hey, we're recording this episode, send us in questions. It might be a future guest. It might just be us shooting the shit, talking about a movie or a TV show. But this is a part where you get involved in the show. So thanks to everyone who sent in questions. Uh, again, Facebook, you can find us on there, the Oz Network. Twitter, the Oz Network. It's that simple. Got a few of these for you, though, T-Bird. Uh, some are similar, but uh, we're going to get to each of these ones. First one, I'm going to go straight away to a, another former Survivor contestant and another friend of all of ours, 
Tanya Vance from Survivor Thailand has questioned in for you today. T-Bird, hello, Tanya. I'm sure she's going to be joining us on the show very Hi, soon. Tanya. She asks you, um, are you coming to give kids the world? If not, pretty please. Tanya, I love her. As a matter of fact, she has sent me a message. Tanya, I have not forgotten about you. I promise, promise, promise. Tanya, it's so hard for me to lock in something so many months ahead because of my flight schedule. Um, so, you know, I hate to commit to something when I'm not sure that it's going to, everything's going to fall in place. So that's why I'm always afraid to lock things in. So, Tanya, to be discussed. <laughs> and for those not in the know, Give Kids a World uh, charity event held in Florida in celebration uh, around August, July, every year. A lot of reality stars go there, survivors, big brothers, uh, big brother contestants, I should say. I'm sure there were big sisters there as well. But um, just they all converge on celebration, raise money for the charity Give Kids World. It's great. And uh, one of the numerous charities out there that involve reality stars, another big one that we were big supporters of, Survivor Oz, that I've personally attended, Reality Rally in Temecula. That's coming up very soon, next month to be precise. Uh, hard to believe it's been nearly a year since I was there. So um, I'm sure you'll hear more about those as weeks go on, everything along those lines. But uh, Tanya, thank you. Tanya, will I can tease, be yeah, on the show you, in give, the future. Yes. Uh, another s- and, and ben, yes. I, I was just going to say, Give Kids the World, they do such amazing, amazing things. And there's a lot of different... A, a lot of different fundraisers and a lot of different causes, and, and they're all good. But this one is is amazing what they've done with it. So can't speak highly enough. And you know, for those that get the opportunity to go, you'll meet some of your all time favorite. Like you said, not just a brother, but big brother and all kind of players. I got um, to I got to hug Richard so Hatch. Okay, can I just point that out? Oh, I got to hug goodness. Richard Hatch. There you go. Uh, and there you have it, right there. I also got to uh, lock lips with a former contestant, but that's a secret. Um, all right, let's go on to. No, 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 no. Hold, 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 hold. I'm not telling you, you that. If you're, you're not, you're not telling me. You're not telling me that contestant. No, okay, we'll keep that behind the scenes. You're not telling me that okay, contestant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Next question. Former... Next question. <laughs> this just sparked in the ratings. Um, another former contestant, but this one's different. This is a former contestant from Australian Survivor. Now, I don't think you've seen any of our recent version of. Australian Survivor, of course, Australian Survivor came back in 2016. And I still go. Now, that lasts about, doesn't that last about six months? Yeah, it's still going. They're still filming it. <laughs> it's been on for a while, uh, but quite popular, not just in Australia, but also uh, overseas, America. A lot of people watched it. They're, they're bringing it back for another season. But uh, a contestant from that season, Craig Yanson. Now, Craig is a huge Survivor nerd, just loves the show to bits. And I was talking to him just before this interview and basically, he, he had a thousand and one questions for you. He loves you to bits, T-Bird. Um, but a couple, of, a couple of these questions I just want to ask because I just think they're, I mean, they're not related to this season. They're related more so to your season. This one here, he says, how did you get to tribal in cars or did they take you on an elephant? <laughs> well, they actually... God, I should have a really quick, cute comeback for that, Craig. <laughs> but since I don't, you know, we had to walk. The tribal council was a long way away from where our camps were. And, you know, we also had the problem with all the wild animals. So we we drove, they drove us in big transport or, or jeeps until we got close to it. And then, of course, we'd, we'd walk in. And then once we left the tribal council, it was totally pitch dark black. So, you know, they would. That's when the elephants came out, back. and you went on the elephants, basically. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then the elephants would take us from the jeep straight into the, <laughs> to the camp. Yes. Now, Craig, uh, yeah, the elephants. Craig yeah. also adds, uh, when you sang Tomorrow, of course, again, people haven't seen T-Bird Season, very well-known scene. She's in the challenge and she's singing Tomorrow from Annie. T-Bird and I recreated that for my very own film that I filmed called The Brink Unleashed 6, now available on YouTube, uh, <laughs> driving into Atlanta. It was fun. Uh, Craig asks, when you sang Tomorrow yeah, on that challenge, was that gameplay or simple focus distraction? You know what? We stood there for how many hours and hours, and I think a little bit your mind just goes all over the place. And the night before... We were sitting around camp just talking about different things and songs and shows. And we were talking about something about breaking into song. I was kidding around with Ethan about breaking into song. And, you know, again, I was standing there for however many hours and my mind just kind of drifted into so many things. But it drifted back into the conversation Ethan and I had where we were talking about singing and doing this. And so, I don't know, all of a sudden it just jumped out. It just happened. It wasn't, you know, gameplay. It was just a way to help pass the time, and it just jumped out. There it was. Well, Craig did mention, I should have maybe put this into the question because you might have changed your answer. He said, if it was a distraction, I want to bow down to you. Um, so, <laughs> but he, he, Craig adds at the end of this, this is very nice of him. He said, uh, P.S., I saw your interview with her at a home. Again, just on, on that, if you haven't seen it, uh, I filmed a little video with T-Bird. You walk around your office. You've got all this Survivor Africa memorabilia. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and Craig says he saw that interview with your flag and everything and said, can you please tell her when Jeff said no for you not being on Second Chances, he threw his TV remote at the screen as you were the only one he wanted to see play again. And he also adds, you are beautiful. Craig, I love you. <laughs> hey, Craig, don't give up hope, though. Don't give up hope. I haven't. So, you're so sweet. Thank you for that. There you go. Oh, Jeff, Jeff did, you know, Jeff tried to, he hit, He gave it to me as softly as he could. He, he, he let me down as softly as he could, so... Did you want to? Yeah, did you want to punch him? Did you just want to stand up and punch Jeff Probst? That oh, would have made no. news the next day. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I actually was in shock. Actually, Ben, I was in shock. So, I, I mean, it just it had happened so fast. I mean, because you know it was only what the last two minutes of the show. It's like you're going, you're going, you're not, you're not. You know, I mean, so it, it was surreal. You're sitting there thinking, what? I mean, it just it was very surreal. Mm. And we're still. It took for a little. We're still mourning. We're still mourning, T Bird. We all are. Uh, Now, obviously, one of our co hosts on the show, Colin, was sadly not able to join us for this episode, but he did send us in a question. Yeah! He did. He still wanted to ask a question. Um, We kind of touched on this before, but it's expanding on it. He says, eliminating a revote is obviously meant to keep the game fresh, but does. uh, Do you think it will result in people being too afraid to take a risk in initial voting? No, I really think it does. Colin, yes, it definitely keeps it fresh. That's what, you know, Ben and I talked about earlier. I think it'll help. I mean, if you've got two alliances, you know, say you've got four and four that are really set, set, set on their alliance. I think now people know the danger of going to rocks. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch somebody, you know, step out and say to their to the other three, look. Or the other two, who they're not, whoever they're, you know, going to be gunning against. We really need to do this. I mean, it's gonna. I think we're gonna see. Maybe. Hey, did I mention Haley earlier? 
Uh, Haley, yes, the public defender, I can see her actually <laughs> saying, listen, guys, do we really want to go to rocks? Those of us that are safe. I, mean, I think it's going to keep it interesting and we're going to see some of the really strong players that you might not see that are maybe the physical threats, but they're really good with their words. For example, people like Aubrey, um, Haley, um, Debbie, that can, that can convince the crowd, like Varner, that like Probst says is so good at convincing people into doing anything. I think we're going to see some really good, great speeches of why, you know, people should change around to avoid the rocks. I think it's going to be great. I, I don't know that we'll see it this season for some reason, Ben. I think that people may avoid it, and I don't even know that it'll come into play, and I don't know why I'm thinking that, but I am. But I think it'll be fun. I hope we at least see it once to see what happens. So do I. It'll be interesting. Thank you, Colin. Hopefully you'll be with us uh, for our next one next week. Um, let's... Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Colin. Ruben Johnston, uh, the question on everybody's lips, because you didn't make it on second chance, did they reach out for you to be on this season? They did not. Ah, bastards. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Screw you, they CBS. nothing. <laughs> we love you, CBS. Nothing. I said that, not T-Bird. Put nothing. T-Bird and now everybody just, you know, Car- you know, Carolyn, they actually reached out to Carolyn. Um, she was in the, in the, uh, the finals. Mm-hmm. But no, no phone call, no nothing. And, and again, Ben, because I saw Troy's Ann and, and Culpepper back in the mix, I kept, I keep hoping maybe they've got some. Special plan for me. I mean, you gotta play that way when you when you so badly want to go back and play. That's what fingers. You crossed. know, that's what you keep telling yourself anyway. We know Jeff Probst is a huge listener to the Oz Network, uh, so hopefully he'll hear this and um, he will he will get reminded. Um, let's see, Lou J. Icold. Uh, apologies, Lou, if I've butchered your name. I probably have. Um, he just simply says, just tell her that even if she doesn't get a second chance, even though she should. Uh, you will always still be a legend to tons of fans out there. There you go. You know, it's neat to be part, you know, the, just the third series, Africa. You know, looking back now that, that we're in 34 now, 500 episodes, to be part of such an amazing human experiment, a social game that is known all around the world, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And to be original old school too, I think that's, that's you know, OG. that's a very neat thing as well because – Ben, look how many people I talk to people every day that have applied a bunch of times or that want to play so badly. So another thing I tell myself that if it does happen, I got to do this great, you know, play this great game that so few people get to play when you look at the numbers that have applied. So I have to kind of take that with me too. And I can, since I've talked about Survivor, I can officially say T-Bird that I have now applied twice to be on Survivor and twice haven't been picked. So I'm I'm now with those people out there. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the feeling. I mean, so a lot of times people, will, you know, people will say, "Well, hey, at least you got to play once." Well, hey, at least you got. And I was like, "Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's true. very true." Now you're not, you're gonna, you are gonna apply a third time. Third time's a charm, right? Absolutely. I mean, they're probably gonna run out of Australians by then, so I, I might be within a shot. So <laughs> um, they're still playing, as we said, six months. God, you know, half the country's already been voted off. Um, I, know it. I know it. Speaking of old school, Adam Gray says. Opinions on new school versus old school Survivor. Which do you prefer watching? How do you think you'd fare playing during this era? Do you think the next... There's about five questions here in once, T-Bird. Uh, do you think the next evolution will see a return of old school alliances and loyalty, or are we past the point of no return? So basically, Adam's just saying, what do you think of old school versus new school, and how would you play... How do you think you would fare 
if you were to play in new school? Adam, I don't know if, if you're going to like the answer to this, but I really think that for me, my play was was as new school as it was old school at the time. I didn't have any preconceived notions of anything. I just figured, you know, pay attention to who's leading the group. If they've got much power, get them out. So, you know, I feel like, and that's what I said as far as playing second chances, I, even though I was divided up with the old schoolers, I feel like I could fit in with with the new school type of gameplay where it's, it's evolving, it changes, you know, every day. And, you know, unfortunately for me, because with, in Africa, the three players that formed an alliance early on, there was not enough idols or change-ups or twists or all that to, to shake them. So I could never break, break them up. So I think the way it's played now would help my game a lot more than it did back in Africa. There you go. Final question. Tammy Mayo Logue says, and again, similar, similar vein here, but uh, slightly different. After going through the voting process of second chances, if survivor did another one with only people voted in by the fans, would you do it again? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, Tammy, that Tammy, you know that that's a question. But you know, when you when you want to play, you've got to put yourself out there. You know, and look at how many people you don't know about that are cast in. You know, and make it to the finals. Players that have played before that have the dream of going back, and a lot of times within a day or two, they're cut before before they leave. Right when they think they're going, so. I mean, you put yourself out there if you want to play and you know that there's a chance until you're on that airplane, leaving your hometown, that it may not happen. So you got to put yourself out there. It's just part of it. And Tammy also adds uh, at the end of that, uh, who from your season in Africa would you also want to have a second chance? Okay, so somebody that's not played. Okay, oh, maybe oh, I can't. Silas is the first one that comes to me. Silas. I'm, um, I'm always going to be on the Lindsay and Kelly bandwagon. You know, probably. That. I guess I would say Silas. Silas. First off, you know he's he's the Malcolm, the the Caleb, the JT, the the Aussie. You know he he's got he's a great character, straight, very personable, very likable, very charming. It'd be nice to see if he changes his gameplay around. You know, seven, seventeen years later from when he played. Um, so he'd be interesting to watch a second time around. Absolutely. And again, Lindsay, Kelly, they're my votes. Um, and Clarence, putting yeah. Clarence out there yeah. too. So, oh, yes. Yep, just God, out there. So many. There's so many. So many. Everyone. Everyone. Come on. Everyone from everybody. the season. Everybody. Everybody. You know, it's like Oprah. You're coming back and you're coming back and you're coming back. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tammy. Thank you, everyone who sent them in. As I said, follow us on social thank media you, and you can find out who's on next and what other episodes we're doing. And you can talk about not just Survivor. There'll be other ones to talk about along the way. T-Bert, this has been fun. I'm so glad that we're back and we're able to talk about this. And I'm so happy that you have been our first Survivor guest on the Oz Network. So... Thank you so much, and we will do this again. And as I said to you before we even press record on this, hopefully we do this again. It might even be in person in a couple of months, so fingers crossed for that. I would love that. And I want to tell your, your, your followers that they can follow me at, um, at Peter Cooper. If they've got any more questions they want to ask me, please don't hesitate to send them to me. Tweet up. Tweet right now. You're listening to this. Just stop what you're doing. 
and Twitter. T-Bert, it's been fun. This has been the Oz Network. We will be back next week, of course, for another episode of Survivor Discussion. Stay tuned to see who will be on that episode. And, of course, it's not just Survivor. As I said, movies, TV show, everything else in between. You know where to find it. Head to our Facebook page, Twitter page, oznetwork.net. It's that simple. Thanks for your company, and we will be back to talk to you very, very soon. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.